you're tired of spending money on trail cameras you use as tools only to find out they're built like freaking toys or you've struggled with unreliable not so dependable cameras or experienced customer service that flat out disappointed you i've been there those problems literally birthed exodus eight years ago when they shipped their first camera exodus had a clear desire to not only build elite products that enabled you to set it and forget it all season long but also to back them like no other company was willing to with an unmatched level of customer service and support. See for yourself why Exodus has over 15,000 satisfied customers. They've quickly become known for their five-year no BS warranty, quality cameras, and best-in-class customer service. You heard that right. Exodus believes in their products so much, every single camera is backed by a five-year warranty that includes theft and accidental damage coverage. Each camera is checked for quality control standards before it leaves the warehouse. They wouldn't use it, you don't get it. Exodus is so confident you'll love your new Exodus camera. They're offering you, the listener of this show, 15% off your next order today. Just use code BTE. If you don't love it, get your money refunded in the first 30 days and just send her back. Exodus really has two excellent cell cam options for uh, all budgets, and they start at just $179 plus your 15% off there you use the code BTE they have competitive data plans that allows you to purchase a plan and use the data as you see fit they want you to be in control there's no annual commitment and no limit on how many cameras you can run on one plan you can share cameras with friends no charge which makes the Exodus lineup a great option for hunting clubs and leases there are no additional fees for HD photo requests. That's pretty nice. No additional fees for video uploads. And all cameras share data on a single data plan for easy management. See for yourself why so many have made the switch to Exodus and experienced the Exodus difference. Use code BTE to get 15% off your next order today. Now let's talk about Osseo gear. It's a great option for whitetail hunters. They develop a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. Plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo, which is pretty nice. They have a super unique camo pattern and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand. So visit ASIOgear.com get you some premium hunting clothing. Gotta talk to you about Stealth Outdoors, makers of Stealth Strips. Stealth strips really are a, a product that any hunter, whether you're a weekend warrior or a guy that hunts almost every day, really needs to take advantage of. Stuff absolutely deadens your, your gear uh, to make it essentially uh, noise-free. If you haven't checked out stealth strips yet, stop buying all the other crappy alternatives like the hockey tape and any other stuff you're trying to use to silence your gear. Get the good stuff. Get stealth strips visit stealthoutdoors.com pick you up some stealth strips all my partners are linked in the description below go check them out hey everybody welcome to the show jason how's it going going real good how are you doing good just uh living the dad life at the moment trying to (laughs) double dad duty (laughs) yeah trying to figure out new life as a parent of two now mm-hmm. so like i said one got a scale of one to ten you just hit yeah. a 13 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we just talked about that uh beforehand here things get a little more hectic when you have two of them mm-hmm. um we're we're pretty lucky because huck's four four now and he's he's fairly independent you know he still needs some attention here and there but he's pretty good about um realizing whenever he needs he needs to go and you know play by himself for a little bit and let us deal with haze or whatever but uh still it's it's still a uh we're lucky we have a good boy but we uh it's still hectic sometimes for sure yep yep mine were 13 months apart and it was a handful for like you didn't sleep for three years yeah Mm -hmm. yeah see we uh some people have that like there's there's two mentalities of parents it's like We'll have them back to back so that it, it's all over. Mm-hmm. But then there's also to us, we were thinking about this the other day. I was talking about this with my aunt. Like, it's kind of nice having Huck older and we, so we can kind of, en- we're enjoying him as a toddler. And then we have Hayes as the baby, you know, so we're not like 
just rushing through everything, I guess. I don't know. And but, he can, uh, and Huck can help. And he's also, like you said, he's a little more independent, yeah. um, you know, having ours close together. Our thought was that they'd grow up together, loving each other and be great. And all they did was fight and try and kill each other. Every yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was another thing. My aunt said that her, uh, um, they're, they're her, her kids fought a lot uh, close mm-hmm. together. So I don't know if that there's something to that or not. Right. But uh, that's funny. No, I haven't had you on for a while. And I've been, uh, I heard something on a podcast the other day about, uh, I can't remember. I think it was the Hunter podcast or something like that. I can't, I can't remember which podcast it was, but Jay Gregor, you remember him? I do remember the name. I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. He's like a hunting show host. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that, uh, killing big bucks don't matter anymore. And that, uh, you know, that everybody kills big bucks now. And if you want to be unique or special, like you got to figure out something else to do than just kill big bucks. I thought that was, that was interesting. And I know you get a lot of slack for killing small bucks. I get a lot of slack for killing big, uh, small bucks. So I thought, let's, I'm going to get Jason on here and me and him can talk about, uh, just, I don't know the, the state of the internet and, um, kind of the mentality of deer hunting now and how it's so changed so much over the years. Um, cause I've, 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 I grew up with a grandpa that would yell at me for passing up a buck. Like right, only, yep. only time I've ever gotten yelled at my grandpa, my grandpa was the sweetest grandpa to me. But if I would let a four corn go by, I was going to get, I was going to hear about it, you know? Um, and man, we've lost that. Like, I don't know. Hunting's so much different than it used to be. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or not, you know? I'm with you. You know, it's funny. I, that three street, I just did that three week, three state trip. And uh, in the state that I was in, the last state I went to was kind of what we call the state of giants. You know, I mean, it's the land of giants. It's as big as they get as far as it's one of the best states in the world to hunt. And on the second day, um, I missed a shot at a four ho- or four corn in that state. And I even, I, you know, shot right underneath it. But, uh, but I even made a comment in there that's in all my, you know, it's in the Patreon stuff for them. But I, uh, I said, you know, a lot of people are going to give me crap for this. The fact that I'm here, it's only the second day out. I'm going to be here for eight days, um, um, seven days of hunting. One day I had to go pick up buddy from the airport and stuff, but mm-hmm. I was going to be there for seven days. And on day two, I shot at a buck that was just a simple little four corn, you know, you know, and in a state that one twenties are behind every single tree why would i do that and you know i said i said it on the the video too it's like you know i honestly don't care anymore i said realistically if i shot a 160 inch deer i'm gonna cut the head off of it and i'm gonna i'm not gonna mount it i don't have anywhere to mount anything anymore i'm gonna do a european mount on it so i'm gonna take my saw and i'm gonna cut the head off of it yeah i'm gonna take that head and i'm gonna skin it out boil it out or skin it out and boil it to get it legal to get out of the state. You know, I'm not going to yeah. finish it, but I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to throw it in my garage. It's going to sit there like my other ones for two or three or four years stacking up before I get around to doing something and actually boiling them out and doing them right. Then when I do, I'm going to do it. And then I have nowhere to put it in, or I'm going to cut the antlers off and throw them in a bucket. Cause I, I, I just, they don't matter no more. You know, I don't, uh, it, killing, killing a, a big deer to me doesn't have the power that it once did. Now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but for me, and I'm also kind of at that state too. Don't get me wrong. If if I got a 120 inch deer underneath me and he's here at 10 yards and I got a, you know, and I got another, I got a, uh, you know, a six point at 10 yards, I'm going after the 120. But if I got a six point at 10 yards and a 120 at 20 yards, I'm killing a six point, you know, um, the horns just don't matter to me. And, And as you know, you know, you've killed some big deer. They don't taste good. They, they, I just don't, you know, they end up being all burger and, you know, we end up giving most of it away. I'm not a fan of a four-year-old deer, you know, I, I as far as taste wise, um, I'd much rather it be a one and a half year old deer, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Why you, what happened though? Like, why is that not okay anymore to have that mentality? Do you get that feeling from people like that? It's like shamed upon that. Like, I, oh, mean, I get I, yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't know how many comments I get and they, they, truly don't bother me but like i i the people's mentality of like when are you going to stop shooting two-year-olds it's like yeah 
or fawn Fawn killer. I get that all the time too. You're just a fawn killer. (laughs) (laughs) I love fawn. Fawns are the best, man. They're, they're you know, humans are the best. I mean, you can almost just skin them and start eating them right there. You almost don't even need to cook them. Yeah. I I guess my only, like, like my only hope for hunting is like, cause, cause I, you know, we're engulfed in all this or I am at least where it's like, you know, you see all this content coming in that just kind of comes through your Facebook or whatever you're on your YouTube. And it's so many, um, so many people with that, that kind of mentality. Um, there's very little talk about game meat or, you know, what you just talked about. My only hope is that like the biggest media platform in the hunting industry is meat eater still. So I'm, I'm back on like, maybe most people, you know, maybe this is just some algorithm thing that's in my Facebook feed right now with this big buck mentality. But like, um, yeah, I, I don't know. You got then you got Steve Ranella, who's probably the biggest influencer in the hunting industry right now, who is just killing things to eat them for the most part. You know, so I'll give you an example of something that people never talk about, but it's a true reality in my world as somebody who hunts public land, um, and probably the same for a lot of people who hunt private as well too, but. There is one reason that I can say that I hunt bucks because realistically, I don't care if it's does or bucks. As a matter of fact, one of the states I plan on going to next year, I might hit in October. I'm going to go there and I'm just going to fill as many doe tags as I can. And I'm looking forward to that trip as much as I am any trip I go on where there's there's a chance of big bucks. But um, when it comes, the only reason I hunt bucks is because they're predictable and no offense, but they're easier to hunt than does are, um, especially during a rut time frame. Yeah. You know what? I mean, in a rut in most places is two or three weeks of your season, you know? And uh, it's also when everybody wants to be out there, the woods is on fire. It's a beautiful thing, but bucks are so predictable and so much easier to hunt than what does really are. Does are random. They're like your wife at the mall. You can never find her, you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, well, they're always grouped up too. There's always it's very yeah. rare, you know? Yeah. So, so, I mean, hunting bucks makes it easy to do, but as far as the, uh, you're, you're right. I think the world is driven on, um, they need a Facebook picture and it's gotta be a big rack. The rest they don't care about. They don't want to spend any more time in the woods. I read something somewhere and it was on a forum, so it may not have been legit or true. Um, but somebody did a, a like, a generic survey kind of thing um and was comparing it but uh the average according to this thing and i could probably look and try and find where it was it was months ago but um the average time that a person sits on stand in 2022 according to this study was two hours on stand per sit two hours that's not somebody who loves hunting that's yeah. somebody who just wants to kill something as quick as they possibly can, go watch a football game and put it on Facebook, you know. So there's a lot of people that are out there and it's not that that's a bad thing, but it's not why I'm out there. I'm out there for the meat. I'm out there for the adventure. I'm out there for, you know, this is what I like doing. This is a lifestyle for you too as well. This isn't about, you know, it's not a competition with anybody else. I don't care what other people do with horns. Um, and now I do understand the people that are big buck hunters. Hey, you got these guys that are out there that, um, you know, they're, they're giving it everything they got to try to kill the biggest deer around there. That is their challenge. That is their goal. And there is nothing wrong with that. But every one of them I know would never, ever step on somebody else or give any kind of insult or anything to anybody that does it any different, you know. Um, but this measuring your manhood based on the size of the antlers on a deer you killed, it's a joke, you know. I mean, yeah. like you, we go through Facebook and I see all these people killing all these big deer and I'm congratulating and congratulating. I, I don't I never look at one and go, oh, that one might be 140. That one might yeah. be I forgot it already. I don't yeah, even right, know what it was. Right. You know, it's the same. It, no, nobody cares, you know. Yeah, right. And you, you can't judge somebody who kills a deer in Iowa, you know, kills 180 in Iowa, you know, and he's all proud. And I'm not taking anything away from it, but it's not that hard to kill a big deer in Iowa compared, you know, to a guy down here in Georgia who kills a spike that weighs 80 pounds. You know, he, you know what he had to go through for that. It's it's a lot of work, you know. So, like I said, I don't think that matrix is is level in there, you yeah. know. Well, Rendell even talked about it. Rendell uh, Eric, who's from who's from Iowa, lives there. He shot a booner uh, a few years back, and they aged it. They took send the teeth into age. It was a two year old. Wow. Yeah, the genetics, man. Yeah, it's, it's like, like well, that you know, you know, a two year old. That's they're not that hard to kill, you know. And that's I mean, he he'd be the first one to tell you that. Um, yep. He lives in a you know good spot, um, but it's, it's crazy. Um, and something else, and and I don't don't take this show as like us bashing 
those guys that like focus on great big deer. Like okay. Jason said, I know a lot of those guys and they're just outstanding people. I'm more talking about the people that shame others for shooting small deer. Um, you know, I don't think you're, you know, Dan and your Don Higgins and your Lee Likoski and all those guys. I don't think they're shaming people that go out and hunt public land and shoot, you know, hundred inch two or two year old. That's uh, right. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, I, I think, uh, I don't know. It just seems like right at, in, at this moment in time, we've lost our way a little bit as hunters. And it's something that really divides people is the, um, the size of the animal, something else that I wanted to run by you, dude, is this the year of, uh, trophy pictures where the hunter sits <laughs> as far back as they can from the rack. Uh, remember I'm a photographer for a living. Yeah. And yeah. I remember back before iPhones had wide angle lenses and stuff. I mean, back in the day, we used to pay thousands of dollars to get like a 10 or 11 mil lens. It wasn't a fisheye, you know, so that you could do, yeah. we'd use them as weddings and stuff like that kind of stuff or for landscape. But <clears throat> it wasn't like now where you can literally take your smartphone and put that on there and, ha- you know, you can do these shots. Oh yeah. And, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm setting like, right. I'm, I'm eight inches from this camera that's in front of me right now. Right. Like, exactly. So you can make anything you want. Um, yeah. You know, and, and they do. Um, but where it bothers me, I mean, everybody's always been that way. They're proud and they want to make it look big. And I can't take that away from them. But what bothers me is the fact that I want to appreciate this deer. I yeah. want to see the deer that you killed. And I want to honestly appreciate it in a broadside shot with you behind it, your arm on that deer, your bow there and hold that thing so that I can get a real world value of everything that's there. And I can do it instantly. I don't want to have to look at it and in my mind be going, okay, there's the antlers. There's your face. There's the size of his eye. Okay. What looks like it's 360 inch elk is actually a 110 inch whitetail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They they prop the head up with a stick and they go sit behind it where they can't even touch the deer. It's just like, (laughs) What or they, they put it at that angle so that that one antler is like, right, yeah, right. <laughs> so it looks like a thing 27 inches wide. Right. Uh, yeah. It's like, I, I, and again, I get it. I understand why they're doing it. They're proud of it. Nothing wrong with that. But me as somebody who enjoys looking at these things, yeah, I want to look at your picture and I want to actually have the real world value of what that deer is. See, you know, I don't, don't want to have, I don't agree with you though. I don't think they're proud of it. I think they want it to look bigger because they're, Oh, it's a one ten. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's what, that's what drives me nuts is like, okay, so now you got this 18 year old kid that's just getting into hunting and they see, they see, you know, Bob or whoever, not we got a Bob that watches this show, not you, Bob, right. but the theoretical Bob, um, who shot a one thirty, and he's he he makes it look like a one sixty because he stepped back to it, and now all of a sudden you got you know this eighteen year old kid that went out on public land and shot a one twenty. He thinks like, man, my deer's not that big, you know. I don't know. It just annoys me. I agree. Me. It's human nature. That's what they're going to want to do. If somebody's sending a sexy picture their gr- picture to their girlfriend, he's probably going to do a little fluffing in here. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, and it's it's the I just don't get the 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 feeling of not being okay with what you like harvested. You, you're doing such a permanent thing. Like just take take it for what it is, and it's okay, you know. Yep. Um, and we want to, too. Like I said, when we see your pictures, I want to see the real picture of that deer. I don't want to have to do the math, you know, by trying to measure right. his ear length compared to what you got. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to try and do that. I just want to see it and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I mean, you'll agree with this. I know your stance on this, but like it's the same thing with uh, uh, crossbow hunters. You never see a crossbow hunter take a picture of their crossbow with their animal. You know, I uh, I just had that conversation actually the other day with a friend too. We were talking about that, um, and it wasn't actually crossbows, but it was rifle hunters. It's traditional bow hunters that are really good traditional bow hunters. But like when they kill something with a rifle, they don't usually show that it, specific people. But they're not showing the rifle in there, almost like they're kind of feeling guilty that they used a rifle rather than a bow. And it was like, you know, you, I, I don't you, you be proud of it, man. I mean, yeah. I kill animals with a gun. We all do. There's no, you know, there's like I said, if you're going to do it, be proud of it, you know, be happy with what you did, you know? Yeah. And I, that's, I have no problem at all with whatever you want to kill something with, mm-hmm. but it's like, you're just taken away from other people's success or like, I don't, I don't know. To me, it's like, tell us what it is or show us what it is and, and be okay with that. Like, if you're not okay with how you took it, you shouldn't be hunting that way. It's exactly right. I mean, and, and again, 
you know, let it let it be that way when you let go when you let the string go or you touch the trigger or whatever it is you're going to do it. But if you're not going to be proud of it, don't shoot it. You know, or don't, don't show don't it. Like, it. Yeah, right. Or or there you go too. You know, if you're killing it just for meat, you know, I mean, I know people like that too. If they shoot them, you know, yearlings on them like that, you know, they're they're not going to talk about it or brag about it or put it out there because they don't want people seeing them shoot those. Me, if it's got spots on it still, I'll rub that thing in the dirt so you can't see them no more, and I'll show it like crazy. <laughs> 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 oh yeah it's, this is a topic that me and my buddies have talked about so many times this year it just seems like it's so bad on social media this year for some reason and maybe maybe i'm just noticing it this year more but it's like man there are some there's some like just fudging going on in social media that i it, it annoys me times have changed and the older i get the more i i respect the the woods for what it is and for the process of it more than like i said i've never been one of those guys for the antlers um i never been somebody that watched i never cared about football or basketball i never got into that competitive stuff um my competition is always the sports i was always in where where you competed against yourself for the most part enduro motocross where you're just running the clock you know skiing snowmobiling you know all that kind of stuff where it's you basically doing it and i feel the same way in the woods i'm out there for myself and if I choose to kill an animal, I'm killing that animal and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to post it and I'm going to be proud of it. But at the same note, like I said, I'm not ashamed to say that honestly, I'm at a point in my life where I, I don't have room in my house. We downsized when we moved down here. I don't have places to put any more animals. I got antlers everywhere. I have nowhere else to put them. Yeah. And I, they just don't matter to me any anymore as far as, I mean, is it cool to kill them? Yeah. And I just had this conversation with John Tucker from Tactic Saddle. He was telling me, he's like, look, you don't understand. It's important that you make sure to try and kill a couple of big deer here and there because you are a, you are a business. You are promoting this kind of stuff. Thought to myself, I'm like, you know, it makes sense, but realistically they didn't take me for who I am or not. But I, I honestly, I, I don't, I, I don't care if I kill another big deer ever again. Now I'm going to try to here and there, but I'm oh, yeah. worried about it. Oh yeah. And I, and dude, if there's a, you know, if there's a big buck that I have found next year that I want to go after, I'm going to go after it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if I'm in, if I'm in Tennessee for two days, I'm going to shoot the first two-year-old that walks by me. I don't care. Yep. You know, yep. you're not going to get another opportunity. <laughs> it's yep. like, and now it does change too with some of these states. Like you take Iowa, you take Kansas, you take these places that are a one buck state and where you have a magnitude of massive deer running around everywhere. Yep. And, and I hope nobody that lives there takes this the wrong way, but I've hunted these places for, for, you know, 12 years now. And I'm, I'm not lying when I say that a, a 120 inch deer in Kansas during a rut is about as dumb as a deer as you can find, you know, um, compared to like a, a button buck in Michigan or something like that down here in Georgia. They, they're just crazy. I mean, I watch them walking underneath downwind of me. They're hanging out They're They're just, they don't have a care in the world. They're running around all day long, like a chicken with their head cut off. It's a great thing. But on the same note, if you live in a place like that, I can definitely see holding out for something really, really big because you oh, yeah. only get one tag for that deer, you know? Yep. Yep. And I, I completely agree with holding out too. Like I, I, I would also, if I lived in Kansas or Iowa or, or wherever, but it's just like, I don't know. It just, it blows my mind how people have such a problem and they don't even know like the context. They didn't, they have no idea what you went through to kill that thing, you know, whether yeah. it be a 70 inch seven pointer <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. Uh, I'll give you a then, perfect example of it. This year is my first year hunting Georgia since I moved down here. First year hunting. I've never hunted feed trees like this down here before. These these trees are a lot different. I've never dealt with persimmons. I've never dealt with uh, deer in a swamp with no terrain features. I'm a terrain feature hunter. Um, all these things down here were something that I am completely unused to. And uh, I killed one spike in Georgia so far is all I killed. That spike took me 37 sits on stand. 21 of them, I never saw a deer. You know, so yeah. that spike's got more power to me than, like I said, I can go to, I just went on a Midwest three-week trip, three different states in Midwest, and I'll bet I've seen over 150 deer, and, uh, you know, I could have shot 12 of them, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. um, whole different world, but this one, that little spike that I killed at four yards, um, was the only time I let go of an arrow in 36 sits in the state of Georgia so far, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, whole different world. Uh. My buddy, this, I mean, it's a prime example too. Like it, trophy hunting will take the fun out of it for some people. 
Um, cause, uh, like you were talking about, everybody's, you know, got in a different scenario and my buddy Brad's a, a prime example of that. He killed a really, really big deer when he was 18 and he got, he said he got into this mindset where I'm not going to kill anything, but unless it's a giant, you know, unless it's 150 or above or whatever his p- parameters were, he talked about it on the show the other, uh, a few weeks back, but he said he went 27 years without shooting a buck. <laughs> and he's like, you know, and then a couple, a couple years ago, he started shooting whatever, a two year old or what, and he just, it's a blast to him, you know? And I'm like, dude, there's nothing wrong with it. Like you're having fun. That's what, that's what it is about, you know? Yep. Well, and, and you uh, see this too. With you. I mean, now again, it may be different in the compound world uh, because of you guys get, you, you shoot both. So you would know this better than anybody. I haven't killed an animal, the compound in 26 years, yeah. um, but you know, you still do both of them, but there's, you know, as a traditional bow hunter for me, um, you know, I want to, I want to shoot, I want to fill tags. I want to put meat in the freezer and I want to have a lot of fun doing it. And uh, like I said, you can't shoot enough arrows, you know? I mean, I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've dumped my whole entire quiver of broadheads on squirrels and came home with nothing. You know, when I, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, you just, you can't get enough of being out there and hunting this stuff and having fun. You know, it's, it's got yep. that power to it. Yep. Yeah, it does. And, 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 you know, I've always tried to like, um, talk about how much harder it is to to kill a deer with a, a trad bow you know if you're if you're within 10 yards i wouldn't say it's that much harder but it's it's a game of uh where the hunt ends with a compound that's just where it begins with a trad bow mm-hmm. it's like the best, best i've heard anybody really describe it um yeah. but you can i can definitely miss a lot of deer at 10 yards too just for the record oh yeah <laughs> yeah you can, you can miss a deer with anything yeah at any time um but yeah no shot with a with a trad bow is a guarantee no nope. um, john yeah uh, we we're in uh, that midwest state and uh the last morning of the hunt um i'm in a stand and i had just literally just missed a deer um last morning i thought okay i'm you know I, but i just missed a doe um right underneath it was like right, 21 yards it was just i was like ah, i'm kind of kicking myself a little bit i got a text message from john text messages said i just missed the biggest deer in my entire life at 10 yards I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he, uh, he did. He went back to camp. I'm in bed camp. He's packing his stuff up. He was bummed. He was definitely bummed about it. He's like, it's the biggest deer I'd ever seen in my life. You know, he's 60 years old. He's like, this is the biggest deer I've ever seen. And I had a chip shot at 10 yards. And you just, you know, as an instinctive shooter, if you don't lock focus and you can't keep that focus on there and you shift for any reason, you default to the edges, you shoot over top of them or under them. You know, and that's yep. exactly we did 10 yards right over top of the back watched it walk away it's like that was you know just brutal <laughs> yeah so yeah oh, you have to you have to get hyper focused that's for sure yeah. um so you were on a you went on your your long uh getaway you hunted three different states how was it was amazing 19 all days all 19 all day sits basically um and you know 19 out of i was gone for 23 days and like i said i had travel days you know to different states and then i had to pick up a buddy from an airport that came into one state but uh um but yeah 19 all day sits um it was amazing i'm gonna do the same thing again next year depending on draws i may have to do some different states but uh it was fantastic especially for me being down here georgia is a fantastic state, but I don't care much for the deer hunting down here where I am. Now, you know, I mean, Georgia is a big state and there's a lot of amazing deer hunting here, but where I am, I'm here for the hog. So where I'm at, it's a little, it, it's not my favorite place yet. And I haven't learned how to do it enough, but it doesn't have the deer densities. Um, you know, it's a little more complicated. And uh, so I, that Midwest trip for me is kind of gold. Plus I'm going to do uh, this January, I'm going to do another out-of-state hunt for a week, so I'm looking forward to that, too. But most of my, you know, the big majority of my deer hunting is going to be those those trips to the places that I, I like the Midwest. I That's what I've done my whole life, that cyber scouting. I don't even scout on foot. I solve these places, you know, on a map on, you know, on Google earth or whatever on X. And then I go in there in the dark and I hunt them and I, I really love that. So, um, yeah. but you can't do that kind of stuff here. You know, it's just flat swamp everywhere. You got to really dial in and put a lot of legwork into it. What do you think you're, uh, if you're doing anything wrong, you think you're doing, what do you think you're doing wrong in Georgia to have trouble with getting on the deer? And it's not so much that I'm, doing anything wrong i think it's just it uh again still learning what trees there's like 30 different kind of oak trees and certain ones 
<clears throat> you know, they want to hit at certain times and you're hunting feed trees here. So, and basically, so what you're doing is you're looking at a bunch of different feed trees. Each one of them's got sign underneath of it and all tore up, mixed in with hog sign and deer sign. And you're going to pick the best one you found that day, try and set up on a downwind side and hope that deer are going to come to that one during daylight. That's basically it. Um, you know, you get a little more technical with trying to get it as close as you can to bedding and things like that. It's, it's a lot of that kind of stuff, but uh, there's just not a lot of the terrain features here. And you don't have the, the places I hunt, the WMAs I'm on, they don't have the deer density here at all. You know, um, like I, I've never once yet seen more than two deer together at one time. I've never really? even seen three does, you know. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's, there's deer here and I will get it dialed in and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. But my biggest battle is, like I said, I want to hunt. My favorite way to hunt is to sit in a, in, in a cot looking at my phone and going, okay, what about that spot? Let's look at that. Oh, that, there it is. That's where I'm going tomorrow. And then I walk in there in the dark in the morning, set up, you watch the world come together. And then next thing you know, deer are coming in and you're like, yeah, I did this right. You know, that's, yeah, that's the draw for me. That's, that's my antlers right there, you know, and it doesn't matter what's coming in, but just to know that I picked that spot, cyber scouting, went in there and set up and made it happen. That's where my power of that on comes from. And he was in range, which for me is 20 yards. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I guess I'm not familiar with where you're at in Georgia, Jason. But uh, is the is the state different? Like, is there like a drastic difference in parts of the state? Oh, for sure. Georgia's okay. got everything you could think of. You got the mountains up. You, you got literally like Tennessee type mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the west side has got a lot. There's a lot of good deer over there. A lot of deer numbers over there. East side, you got coastal deer. Um, so there, you know, it's a different ball game. Where I am in the southeast corner. Like I said, there's deer here, and I'm not saying it's not good hunting. I'm just saying that I got a lot to learn when it comes to understanding, you know, what they're eating, when they're eating. And then, but like I said, also trying to dial in uh, how to find that tree that they're going to hit during daylight. But then on the same note, being inside of 20 yards, preferably inside of 15 yards to shoot right. that tree, but not have them come in downwind. You know, when I say I had those 21 sits without deer, I mean, I had deer blowing at me from downwind. You know, I had encounters, but, you know, I'm not used to that where, you know, even when I lived in Michigan and I could find, a, you know, I could find the terrain features to hunt, transition lines, everything you could think of, pinches, points, everything like that, uh, you know, cuts across bogs, everything. I could set up in those and you're seeing deer all the time. You know, down here when I'm seeing deer, it's the last 15 minutes of daylight. They're coming in and they're coming in downwind and they're blowing at you, you know, yeah. you're sitting on a feed tree. <laughs> so, I, again, people do it. There's some amazing guys down here that do it. I got a lot to learn and I'll, I'll pull it together. But realistically, my favorite way to hunt is not the way we hunt here. It's the way I hunt the Midwest, you know, right. where it's all terrain feature uh, based. I love that. Yep. You know, on that three-week trip, I don't think I scouted one day in three weeks. You know, it was find a spot on my phone, run in there, check it out, shoot up a tree, and I had deer under me every single time. And I think I seen in three weeks in three different states. One state was horrible. One state, I only saw two deer in five days there. It was horrible. Mm. Um, but out of, so out of those other ones, out of those two states, so five days in one state, six days or seven days in another state, I'll bet I probably saw... 70 bucks you know kind of thing it's pretty pretty awesome you know felt good yeah mm -hmm. yep that bad state was indiana right no oh. <laughs> <Sorry. Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> but indiana indiana's good but it's uh um how do i word this here it's uh it's good during the gun season everybody wants to hunt indiana just go there during the gun season because then it won't bother you too much yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it's uh there's not a lot of deer here. Really, there's not. I'm not being yeah. like. Uh, well, there's... give you an example. The WMA, they post the WMA status here in Georgia. And the four WMAs that I hunt for archery season, they have a four to 6% success rate. Mm. Yep. And now keep in mind, we also have gun seasons here. The state gun season, like in Georgia, just on the state land uh, or on, you know, the uh, forest stuff, archery season is from like September 9th through October 13th. And then there's from the 14th through the 20th is muzzleloader. And from October 20th through January 14th is gun season. Yeah. You know, how's that? That's crazy. You know, that's a, a lot of gun time. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you got, you got states like, like South Carolina where it's 
deer season, you can use whatever. Like it's always yep. gun season, you know? Yeah. So I always, I always feel for them states too, but. Yeah. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think South Carolina is a no Sunday on state. I think I could be wrong I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but uh, okay. it might be. I thought, I thought maybe it was there one of them over there. Maybe it's West Virginia. I don't remember, but I thought one of them was still a no Sunday hunting kind of thing. Mm, I know PA is for sure still. Is it? But, yep. I'm not sure about those ones down, down there. Tennessee was the same way. They, their gun season came in sometime at the end of October and it goes forever too, you know, yep. um, Tennessee could be a really good state if, you know, probably get rid of that. And that, that would help a lot. But yeah. I try real hard to not, uh, like down here again, it's all new to me my first year here, but I try real hard to not get upset or discouraged at what they do or how they're doing it. Cause I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of the newbie guest here. You know, they've been doing this stuff for a long time, the way they're doing it. I'm yeah. sure they got reasons for the management and how things are. Um, you know, we can get 12 deer tags here. You know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that, like I said, I'm not used to, but um, it's my job to fit into it rather than to try and wonder Change why it, it is what it is. Yep. So, um, and I will, like I said, but when it comes to my deer hunting, hardcore deer hunting, uh, I'm sticking to the ways I know how to do it and been doing it for all these years, which means I'm traveling. Yeah. Um, but the hog hunting's good around you, huh? That's what I moved here for. Love it. Can't get enough of it. I hunt hogs year round and I, I do, I've killed what, 10, 10 hogs last year. You know, I mean, I, I can't get enough of the hogs and I'm learning all kinds of ways to cook them. And I just can't, uh, you know, I just can't get enough of it, man. <laughs> it's just awesome. Dalton was uh, getting me all fired up about hog hunting. I heard that. One, yeah. I was like, I'm like, gosh, man, you're making me want to go hog hunting. Yep. Yeah, he's a killer too. He gets into him a lot. He called me last year. He was down here. He was like, hey, I'm going to be down here for three days. Look, I'm on a wedding. I was out of town for a wedding. I couldn't even do it. I'm like, oh. And so he's down there hunting the whole time. I'm shooting pictures and doing this stuff. I'm like, God, it's such a beautiful night. He's probably <laughs> buried neck deep in palm right now. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He probably was. Yep. Yeah, but that's the beauty of living here. That's what we moved here for. I can hunt them where I'm, the specific area I'm in, I can hunt them year round nonstop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't. I mean, I'm thankful we don't have them in Indiana, but I do enjoy hunting them a lot. Yeah, um, we don't have them. We have a we've we've been through spurts. I don't know if I think Indiana did a really good job of eradicating the ones we had. We had some down here at one time, um, but they seemed to really the DNR came in and got rid of them pretty quick. Yeah. Um, they make it hard for deer hunting too, because you know if you got a tree that's dropping a lot of acorns and you're going to look for deer sign, if the hogs find it, they're going to just totally destroy everything under there. And it's kind of like the elk hunters that are dealing with like uh, you know out west. You got like in Oregon and stuff. You got guys that are hunting elk and they're also hunting uh, Columbia blacktail. And uh, but the, all the deer sign is covered up by elk sign. You know it's the same thing here. A lot of times it's hard to decipher. You know what's deer and what you know you can't find yeah. the deer sign mixed in with all the hog sign you know the deer are all petite and little neat little sections and then a hog comes through like a freight train and just right. carries it all have and i know hogs been around quite a long time in georgia now but like they weren't as thick as they are now right i mean at one point in time there wasn't as many around correct from what i hear from the locals here it was much better there were a lot more hogs before Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I hear from like Robert Carter and a lot of the guys that I've talked to here. They say that, you know, um, that, you know, 20 years ago, the hogs were almost double what they were now, what they are now. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you if, if you've heard of anybody say that the deer hunting was better before the hogs um, really got populated, but I haven't, yep, haven't heard anything would, on that yet. My theory wouldn't be mm -hmm. applicable if they've always been around thick. I need yeah. to come down there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to probably make, I'd like to make another, I'd like to kill, I'd like to kill a couple of them. Like I, I enjoyed eating them too. Like I shot one in South Carolina a couple of years back and I, I remember that. Yeah. They're good. Mm -hmm. they're pretty good. Yeah. At least yep. the one I they're, shot was, it was a young one and stuff. So. Yep. The big, the big rank boars, they're, uh, they're a little trickier. You know, they, they, you turn them into all sausage, but, uh, so I don't shoot them quite as I've let a lot of them pass, but, uh, you get a hundred pound, you know, hundred pound sour, hundred pound, you know, even a hundred pound boar, you know, they're like I said, that 80 to hundred pounders, man, they're, they're, Oh God, they taste delicious. I think that's, what, I think that's about what mine was. Mm -hmm. So it was, yeah. I wish I'd have killed a couple more after I shot that one with a longbow. I wish I had a, I was like, man, I wish I brought a gun with me. I just shoot a couple <laughs> more of these things. Cause I, with a gun, you could be hard on them. I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, at least the, where we were at there, we just got into pigs, a lot of them, you know, 
Well, that's uh, how it works with them too. It's uh, as you said, get into them because realistically, when you're out hunting hogs, um, it's a lot different than deer hunting. You know, where deer, yeah. you got deer densities are spread all over a square mile. Hogs can be spread. You know, they're clumped together and they're they're a long ways away from each other. You know, yeah. Um, so I mean, you're putting some miles on. It's not uncommon to walk eight, ten miles a day. To and then if you get into hogs, great. And if you don't, you you know, you you just you don't. But I mean, it takes uh, it takes it takes a lot of miles. Um, and we, we, we pretty much walked, you know, two days before we got into, yep. got into them finally, but it was, you know, it was fun when we found them. Um, you're going to go hunting uh, late season. You said you got a hunt planned for in the year here, deer hunting yeah. wise. Yeah, I'm going to probably, um, I haven't decided where yet, but, uh, most likely I'm, I'm, I'm probably just head over to Alabama cause it borders me. It's not too super far away. Um, so I'll probably head over there. Um, I'll still do some. We go till January 15th here, so I'll still hunt some here. The problem here is most of the places I'm, I have access to, that's the other thing that's really weird here in Georgia, um, like there's almost no November um, hunting in November. It's it's really weird. Um, all the WMAs that I've been hunting on already, they're closed. They're done for the entire year. They close really? like November 1st, they're over. Um, and then there's other ones that'll go to January 14th, but a lot of them don't have a whole lot of deer on them. So it's real hit or miss here as far as, again, I got so much to learn. So I really shouldn't say that it's hard or that it's not this or that. It's right. that I haven't figured it out yet. Um, but uh, so I'll do some deer hunting here too. Uh, but it's hard. It's hard because I've already killed a spike this year here. So I got to shoot an eight or bigger, you know, four on one side. And okay. a lot of the places I hunt, you can't even kill a doe there. You got, it's got to be a buck only. Um, so, you know, this time of year. So there's a lot of these weird stipulations. If yeah. for me as a traditional guy that just wants to shoot a bunch of deer, it makes it kind of hard. So, but I will do some more deer hunting here. Um, I already been out scouting a lot and found a lot of places that are not food based, more terrain features. And all I'm waiting for now is a few good rains to fill some of these up, make some of these funnels do what I want them to. And I'll be setting up and I'm in a stand. Um, and I'm hoping that happens next week or so like there. But so in the meantime, rest of this week, I'm going to be, on, you know, boot leather down and uh, chasing hogs around. But uh, and then when uh, probably mid January, I'll pop over to another state and uh, let that be uh, five or six day end of my deer season kind of thing. So, yep. Have you hunted Alabama before? I did once five years ago. Um, I was there for two and a half days and I was into deer every single sit in a place that um, I had never been. But again, it's something that I could cyber scout. I, I picked these spots. Well, I, I my buddy Joe drove. So while he was driving us down I-75, I'm literally on my phone marking spots that I think are going to be good. We never scouted a spot. He I sent him those pins. He went into a couple of them. I went into a couple of them. We, we were covered up in deer the entire time. No shots. You know, he was using a recurve bow. He'd never... You know, that was his only year he tried it, you know, with a recurve, um, but he had a Samix age and he was keeping himself inside of 15 yards and, uh, and he had a lot of deer come by him, but no shot opportunities. I had kind of the same thing, a lot of deer, but nothing, it was inside of my 20 that I needed, you know, um, but it was, it was fantastic. So haven't been back since. Um, I don't know if I'll go to that same area. Cause like I said, with me living here now, it's only a couple hours to get over there, you know? So yeah, spot me and him went to, that would have been, I think that's like six hours from me or something. Right. You know? just spot close to home kind of thing. Exactly where I can go run over there anytime I want. You know, their season goes till mid February. I can pop over there with my uh, Kodiak canvas tent for two or three days anytime I want, you know? So that's kind of, of my, my game plan. I got me one of those this year. Such a great tent. Love yeah. that tent. You know, I love my wall tent too, but that wall tent uh, takes a lot of time to set up and, you know, it's a lot to pack and you got to pull a trailer and stuff. That Kodiak canvas, throw the uh, pole bag on your shoulder, grab the, the tent bag and throw it in the car. You're, you're up and running in five minutes, you know? Yep. 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 I, I, uh, I used it turkey hunting last year quite a bit. I got lucky. I don't know. I, I went to into a Cabela's and they had one in there like for like $200 off of it. Wow. Um, I don't know if it was just a, if it was one of those bargain cave deals or I don't know what it was, but I, I was like, heck yeah, I'm getting this thing. And, um, I love the thing for, for yeah. like just a guy going, you know, if I had my family there, I mean, it would work for sure. But you know, that, that canvas or the, my wall tent is nice for family outings, but, um, or multiple people, you know, a group of guys, it's pretty fun to have a wall tent with a stove and all that. But, um, if you, if you're just wanting a good solid canvas tent for, 
couple guys or one guy, that's a hard one to beat. For sure. Yep. And it's just like I said, the speed of it makes it nice. If you're doing a two day trip or an overnight trip, um, you know, or even whatever the case is, but if you're going by yourself, that is the ultimate, you know, throw your yep. cot right in there, throw a table set up, put all your stuff on. I can work right in there. I set my laptop up. Yep. In there, you know? yep. The canvas doesn't sweat or anything mm-hmm. like your nylon stuff does. Yep. And I love the, um, I love the wall tent, but I don't like the fact it takes half a day to put it up. That's the, yeah. you know, yeah. that's an exaggeration, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's an hour. Time. It's a solid hour for oh, you yeah. to put it up in an hour to take it down. But like I said, you're also, you know, you need a trailer to basically carry it. Plus all your gear, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I learned a lot on that three weeks, you know, camping for three straight weeks and, and set up and take down and set up and take down yeah. and all the stuff I was doing. Um, gear wise though, I did, I, the only thing I'm going to buy is I'm going to buy a uh, full rectangular sleeping bag. A zero degree bag. Um, I have one now that's a semi mummy bag. Yep. After 20 days without being able to like literally even spread your legs in that yeah. sleeping bag, it, it was getting real annoying, you know? So having a little bigger bag with some more room yeah. in it, I think it's going to be nice. And there's no reason not to have one. It's not like you're backpacking right. with it. Exactly you know? right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that would be the only thing I think I'm going to change, you know? Yep. Yeah. That that is something that I really thoroughly enjoy is like figuring out a good system for camping. Like I love, I love tinkering with that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, figuring out how to be comfortable out in the woods. Yep. And it's just, it gives you the chance to hunt more, especially like I said, down here where I'm at in Georgia, I told Tina next year, rather than go out, try and go out for like this year, I never hunted a morning here at all because everything's an hour minimum. It's an hour to an hour and a half, one way to anywhere I want to hunt at for deer. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's like, uh, I mean, hogs are a little closer, but still, it's, it, you know, but for deer, it's a little ways away. Well, I would, so I wouldn't hunt in the mornings. So I would go out there, get out there at noon, walk two or three miles, finding feed trees and stuff that I want, find the best one, climb up, set and hunt it, and then go back and do the next thing the next day. Um, it got to be, it's a lot of gas. It's a lot of driving. It's yeah. a lot of car time. I told her, so next year, instead of doing that, I think I'm just going to disappear for two or three days you know, each week and just go out there, spend two or three days. I can hunt the mornings. I can hunt the evenings. I can scout middays. I can give it everything and then just come home, you know, make it, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I can do three, three long weekends and get more hunting out of it than I do in the entire season here. You know? Yeah. Zeke says that, uh, many vans work great for hunting and sleeping in. Yeah. You know, James Ori, uh, um, he had a trad quest podcast. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he's does longshore work is what he does out there in Oregon. And, uh, so he travels a lot like that too. And he's same thing. He got sick of the hotels. So he's getting himself a minivan too, converting it into like a bed in the back. And so when he's got to work these different ports and stuff, he can sleep right in there and he's going to use it for hunting too. He's like, I can just pull up and hunt for a night. And then, you know, when I'm done crash right in there and get ready to go and get in the morning, you know, it's a perfect little setup. Yeah. Yep. I uh, bought a minivan once to do that, and it it blew up on me. <laughs> I got went too cheap on it. I think. <laughs> oh, that was a while back when I was younger and stuff. But uh, following the John Eberhardt thing. Yeah, it was. It, <laughs> yeah, it was a good thought. I had I had I had it set up to where you could hunt out of and everything. But Elizabeth, thanks for the donation. Mm-hmm. She says if you want to target rich environment uh, for deer, go to New Jersey. I've never hunted up in that corner, like the New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I've never been up that way. Um, and it's a little bit of a hike for me now, but uh, it definitely, it would be pretty awesome up there. Yeah, she said unlimited does. Does yeah. are you can shoot. See that yeah. one, Lower Michigan unlimited does. Lower Michigan, Michigan's a whole different world. You know, and that's what I was saying about Georgia too. But just like Michigan, like when I was in Michigan, I lived in Northern Michigan. And uh, it was a whole different world of dynamic a deer up there than it was in Southern Michigan or a whole different dynamic a deer in the UP. You know, every corner has got its own kind of, you know, own characteristics and densities and things like that too. That's how it is here. Like I said, I got buddies in Georgia that are, you know, two and a half hours away that are killing deer every single day they're out there, you know? Um, you know, and it's just every, every state's got that kind of pockets, but Michigan was phenomenal hunting. I loved it in Michigan. That was, you know, I lived there for most of my, my entire life till I moved here, um, last year. And I, I love Michigan always will. I'm not sure the DNR is doing the best thing now, how they're making it where I think if I'm not mistaken, the year I left their muzzleloader season in Michigan, you're allowed to use any rifle. 
including center yeah. fire during muzzle loader. So there's right. some of that weird kind of stuff they're pulling. It's um it's all under the guise of trying to get more hunters in the woods and you know, more power to everybody on that stuff. But uh, you know, we can't it doesn't matter how many people we got in the woods. The fact is that it's still overcrowded because we're losing land so fast. You know, yeah. land's going away so quick that we're the woods is always crowded, you know. You think we have enough hunters? I think we have enough hunters. I don't think we'll ever get enough hunters that it's going to make any more of a difference. We're never going to, you know, bring in or recruit enough that it's going to make these people happy enough. And I think the people that want the recruiting more than anything are the businesses and the manufacturers that are selling stuff to hunters. They're the ones that are pushing that. Um, the DNR, I think they want to keep it going and they're doing what they can for that. But realistically, we are out of land. Um, we don't have enough land to support the amount of hunters we have or the hunting style that people hunt now. You go back even 10 years ago, 99% of deer hunters took a ladder stand and pre leaned it up against a tree and they sat in that spot the entire year. Or they put up four ladder stands and bounced between four ladder stands. That was it. Now everybody's a saddle hunter, a mobile hunter, a lightweight tree stand hunter. They know the tactics. They're moving. They're leeward sides. They're doing all the stuff that every one of us are out there saying to do. And, uh, and then they get good at doing that in their home state. They're like, wow, I'm, I did this. And then they're traveling, rut vacations and all that. And uh, like I said, hunting will never be what it was before. And that may be a good thing or a bad thing, but there's one thing for sure. The available land can no longer support the style of hunting we have today um, and the amount of people that are doing it. You know, your days of having a piece of woods to yourself are over. The days of having it where hunters aren't walking in on you on public land are over. Um, it's busy and it's crowded now. It's just a, it's just the way it's going to be, you know. Yeah. Um, this year, I, you know, last year, if you would have asked me this, I would have told you that I think some people are exaggerating that uh kind of what we were just talking about there that, that kind of maybe they're giving themselves an excuse to not get on deer or whatever the case may be but this year i kind of seemed like there was a lot more people in the woods than i've ever seen i was like mm -hmm. whoa especially in indiana here like i have a pretty good pulse on what's going on around here on public land and i was like man there are people everywhere this year yeah. um i mean and then i got buddies you know that kind of fill me in on what they're seeing in their area and same same story it's like man there's four different guys that are here that I've never seen anybody here. You know, I'm like, wow, really? And, um, yeah, just something I, just something I noticed. And I'm asking people about their, if they got the same feelings or not. Those, um, those three States that I hunted were all public land, Midwest States. Um, I never once seen a plate on a truck that was for the state that I was in. Really? They were all out of state places. Um, and like I said, all those videos, you know, they'll end up, progressively as i put them out on my uh my patreon channel and as they watch them um every single state i'm in you see people walk in on me every single state i'm in you see um you know you see the abundance of people that are there uh you know every single state i'm in you'll see me go all right we're fine you know i got my phone and i'm recording i'm going okay we just got set up we only have like 40 minutes to hunt but i've been bounced out of three different places already you know that kind of thing one of them i'm even going this spot right here i'm 1.6 miles from the truck the deepest you can get into here this is as far away in this wma as you can possibly get and i'm set up there and 15 minutes later here come two guys scouting for gun season and t-shirts running down through there you know yeah um like i said is what it is you know and, and i don't fault anybody for it and i'm glad the people that are out there are doing this and uh because it is making them kill more animals you know yeah. you're getting some of these greedy people that are like well i only shoot this and if you don't you're a fawn killer you're not good you know you get like we were talking about yeah. but but realistically they're out there they're having fun they're testing gear they're developing skills they're they're the days of sitting on a pile of corn like what used to be how all of Michigan hunted, you know, everybody there baited. Nobody had any skill set to go out and do this stuff. Everybody's gaining this knowledge and they're having a time of their lives and they're hunting hard. And I love it. So, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from that, but the days of where when the world sat on corn piles or sat in ladder stands in places that they hunted for the last 30 years religiously 
where I could go out there or you as somebody who had a stand on our back for the last 25 years and went in and wiggled through all these places and had the whole woods to ourselves. I don't have that no more. Those days are gone. Now I'm bumped, jumped, kicked. Uh, I can't go deep because everybody's got on X or got a GPS and they're already in there deep and now I'm getting old enough where they're even more capable than I am and they're willing to go farther. Um, you know, I can't hunt close and overlooked because everybody now hunts close and overlooked. There is no place safe to be. You know, you just don't know. You, you give it everything you got. You have the time of your life. If you walk in on somebody, wave and get out of there so you don't ruin it for them. Somebody walks in on you, you wave and just deal with it. It is what it is. You know, that's, yeah. that's public land in a nutshell now, you know, at least in the places I'm hunting, you know. Right. And I mean, in the probably the big picture of things, it's probably a good thing. You know, people are getting into it and and they're doing something that's a healthy thing to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pursue for the most part, as long as you're taking care of everything else, you know, um, but, uh, you know, as a, as a deer hunter, we, most of us are pretty selfish. Like it's a selfish thing that we're pursuing. So it's hard not to get frustrated with that, that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to be understanding of it. Um, yeah. Yep, it is. And it's, uh, and you got different sides of the fence. I just had a conversation. We were actually in one of those other states and we were talking. Um, and it's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta weigh the considerations on what to do when you run into other people. You yeah. know, do you, you know, are, are you gonna give up the spot and never go back there? Are you gonna just, you know, fight for it? Are you, you know, it's, it's public land. You know, it is yeah. what it is. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. you, you can't beat it. And two of the places that I set up in this year that I saw a great deer. Um, in one of the states, but two of the places I was in, I'm like, again, I'm on film going, okay, I'm set up here because of this and this and this. But if you look right there, there's somebody's ladder stand right there. Yeah. It's like 20 yards from me. I don't care if he walks in, sorry, waving him off. I'm here. I don't see any sign of him being here recently. And I need this terrain feature. So I am staying right here. I got here first. I'm in here. He comes in. Sorry. Come back tomorrow. I won't be here. You know? Right. Right. Um, we uh so i got a bunch of buddies we have like group text uh, they're all from wisconsin and it's illegal to put up permanent stands there mm-hmm. um it's not it's you can do it here in indiana and uh they've been finding a lot of permanent stands this year on public land for whatever reason people leaving them you know ladder stands and stuff um and they they if you want to get those guys fired up start talking about people leaving stands up on, on public land to you know kind of claim their spot per se it just drives them insane Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I mean, to the, I mean, they, I think they got the game warden on speed dial for it now. Like they just, it irks them. And I'm always just like, ah, eh, cause it's legal here. I don't even think about it. You know, they're allowed to do it. So. Yeah. Um, like in Missouri, for example, too, all the places in Missouri, they got a big sign right there. It says portable tree stands only must be removed. You cannot, yeah. you can't leave a stand up, you know, there, um, yeah. you can leave it up and come back to it in the morning and hunt it, you know, that kind of thing, but no permanent stands, you know? Um, and I don't know if I agree with that or not, because there's a lot of people that just don't have the physical capabilities of doing that anymore. And I think they should be able to, um, you know, maybe could be kind of like what crossbows used to be where, you know, you get a note from a doctor, or, you know, you have a, uh, physical limitation or something. There's nothing wrong with a ladder stand, you know, that kind of thing, or, you know, that, yeah. you know, whatever, I guess to, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with any of that kind of stuff. Um, I guess I'm at the point where I just don't have a problem with any of it anymore. I just kind of adapt yeah. to it and work with it. It is what it is. I am glad that people are hunting as hard as they are. And I'm glad that the success is there. Um, deer hunting is a lot easier now than it's ever been before. And people are, and it's showing, and I, and I like that. More power to them. You got people killing deer like crazy, and it's a good thing. They get to brag about their antlers, which, like I said, it, it doesn't do much for me. But the fact that people that have never done it before are now eating venison, and they're going to learn to cook that venison, and they're going to share that venison with family, and it becomes more widespread, and they see the power of that and the beauty of it, and um, and hopefully gets them into the woods to do other things. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you're the same as me. You said it when too. We were talking about your grandpa too. I mean, you have grown up in the woods. This mm-hmm. is what we do for a living. Sports come and go, hobbies come and go, things like that. This this is not this is not a hobby. This is a lifestyle. This is right. there. There's so much for the wilderness to teach you and to offer you, and people are now experiencing it. And I love that part of it. Yep. Well said. I. Uh... I took Huck out to shoot uh, a 22 the other day and you should have saw his face light up. So I'm, I'm hoping he's getting into, he'll slowly get into that kind of stuff. He yep. shot a whole brick of 22s. Nice. <laughs> Balloons. Balloons are awesome. And if you fill them oh, with water, yeah, that is, 
Yeah, some idea. with water they don't they don't spread too far. Like when you right. pop them, they don't disappear all over. Yeah, put a little bit of water in them to weight them down, throw them out there in a thing for them, and just uh, set them up. And you know, don't make them too big. You know, make some different sizes. And uh, but just throw them out there. And when he shoots them, they just boom, they just lay right there. That balloon is right there. You know, but so, you know, you can make a hundred targets for three dollars on Amazon. Yeah, that's a good idea. He already mm-hmm. likes shooting his bow too. Maybe I'll get them for his bow too. Yeah, put a judo on there too, because then it'll really uh right it'll take the take them right out of there. Yep. yep. That's a good idea. I've never never thought about balloons. Yep. We had some uh my brother's kids, um, they live up in Michigan and uh, uh we don't see them very often, but they're at that age now where they were just here for Thanksgiving. And uh so I had a couple of these, you know, smaller, lighter mm-hmm. longbows, 25 pound longbows that my kids grew up shooting. Yep. And uh, I strung them up for them out there. They were shooting at the deer targets a little bit and having fun and the hog target. Well, then when I started hanging uh, water bottles, you know, and putting water bottles yep. all over here. Oh man, that's when it got crazy. I mean, they went through two cases of water. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, someone had a question for you, John nine one zero eight three. He asked, um, Jason, you prefer the uh, Bargaga or Berga. yeah, Berga or the classic for tree stand hunting? Uh, classic for northern yeah, for me all the way. The classic. Yeah, I, you know, because I like the hill style bows. Now the Barriga, my Barriga is 60 inches and my classics are 64. So technically it's a four inch longer bow, but realistically, I don't even notice the difference. Um, but I like the hill style better. Um, but and I, I shoot with a cant. Do you shoot with a Is your cant? Oh, yeah. Because mine's yeah. real, you know, 45 I the, degrees. I shoot with a pretty heavy cant. Yeah, so in a tree stand, it doesn't matter what the length is. You know, if, if I guess if you were a vertical shooter and trying to like put it between your legs or do something for downward shots, that length might might make a difference. But as a can, if somebody shoots with a can, you just dump the limb down there. It doesn't make any difference how long it is. I got a classic, a Northern Miss classic, but it's freaking sixty one pounds. I wish I I wish it was lighter. Call him up, send it back to him. I'll take ten pounds out of it for you. Really? Yeah, and I don't know what it is, but it's not a lot of money. Yep. Well, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I, guess, I think I got a cell number. So, yeah, yeah, he'll do. I think all, and I think ten pounds is about the limit because what they're going to do is he's going to thin out the fiberglass a little bit. On yeah, you're saying it down. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he'll take ten pounds out of it or whatever for you, and you know, or even if he takes you know six or eight, it'll make it a lot better for you. Heck yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna take hit him up on that because I really like the way that bow shoots. I just wish it was a little lighter, like maybe maybe even five or eight pounds lighter. I could you know about fifty two pounds would be perfect. I think. Yep. Um, yep. One, <laughs> sorry i had a tickle in my throat there it's giving me fits um let's see here we'll be on here for about an hour is the cwd bad down in georgia i haven't heard of much of it down here yet so not a not a concern here um that i'm aware of i'm sure it's got its little pockets but nothing that it's, it's that i'm having any issues with yeah um that's something that is frustrating to deal with when you're hunting out of state. Mm-hmm. Gosh, Kansas and Tennessee both have pretty strict CWD rules. And I'm like, gosh, now I got to freaking figure out a way to boil this and everything. I'm for now, from now on, I'm going to get, I got a, uh, like a small burner. I'm just going to start carrying my pan and stuff with me all the time. And I'll tell you how to do it. Um, cause I've been dealing with it for 20 years. Cause, uh, Michigan for the last 20 something years has been any deer that you bring in has to be, um, no brain matter, no bone right. marrow, you know, that same kind of thing. Um, so what I do is, um, I just bone a deer out in the field right there. Cause I got to yeah. bone it out anyway. So I bone it out, pack it out that way. Then with the head, um, you know, when I, I'll take my knife and I'll ring that around that head there, you know, right close as I can to there. Sometimes you can snap it. Sometimes I can't. I get frustrated. So then I just grab my, my tree saw and I just cut yeah. it right off. Um, but then when I get back to camp, I'll take that. So if I'm doing a European mount, I'm taking the, I'll skin out the whole head right there. Um, you know, right in camp. I don't get pretty about it. I just get all the meat and every, or the skin mm-hmm. off of there. Yep. And then I have one of those, you get them at Walmart. They're like 28 bucks, but it's a blue canning pot that's like 21 quarts it's about yay bit you know it's a good size you know pot and, it's about uh, a beer head size of yeah, beer head. yeah, yeah. Right. And, and i take that and i take a single burner propane stove and i put it on there and i can set that on there and boil that head out now it's not boiled like you're ready to hang it on a wall 
but it's boiled legal to be able to come in. Brain matter will come right out, stick a stick in there, wiggle it around, but now you're legal to bring it in. If I'm just doing an antler mount, you know, where I cut them off kind of a like this type of a deal, um, you know, something like this, if I'm doing something like that kind of setup. Yep. Um, with that, doing a skull plate like that, and then uh, I just take my, again, my tree saw or a hacksaw, and I'll just, you know, I'll just cut that right off, peel the hide off of that, boil that out real quick, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but that one little pan and a single burner stove will let you do it really quick and easy. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna just get a little kit together and keep it with yep. me when I'm hunting out of state. That's what I do. Yep. Yep. And then some, some states have weird rules about, like... <laughs> Like I think Ohio, don't quote me on this. Look this up for sure before you go hunt Ohio. But um, I think you can like bring it back as long as you're going straight to your processor or taxidermist. And I'm like, okay, well, I process my own deer, so it's like, what's that even mean, you know? Um, but it's see, it's Michigan will actually they they set up sting spots, you know, like during the rut, they'll set up, and if they see a trailer with four wheelers and all muddy and stuff like that coming down the highway, not- they'll pull them over and check them. And if that if you you know, and it's serious, man, the, yeah. the trouble you get in is serious, and, and for good reason. They don't want this stuff spreading. Yeah, for sure. Yep. I mean, yeah, that's why that's why I asked you. I just I need to figure out a more efficient way of going about it because it's been a bit it's been a burden, you know, every time I kill one out of state. Yeah. So I'm you know, you're borrowing something or taking it to a guy. He's like, Well, I'll do it in a couple of days. He's like, gosh, all right, you know. Yeah. So um, bone them out in the field, and then when you get the heads, the only thing you gotta worry about, and like I said, a uh um make sure you got screwdriver and pliers in your kit though because if you're trying to get that skin off of the antlers and stuff yeah screwdriver and a pair of pliers makes that real easy to yeah you know you can you can take that head down to a european set you know from a from a, a deer head to just a skull ready to boil in about probably six minutes and then throw yeah. it in the water let it boil while you're doing other stuff and uh just all you need to do is get it boiled enough that where you're safe and legal to bring it back it doesn't have to be Right. ready to hang out a wall cleaner yeah, right um yeah that's essentially what i did uh this year so um and again i don't know it's like one of the things i'm i'm like you i'm out of room i have no more room i have a space for one more mountain in my house and it's like why do i why do i keep these things yeah. you know it's like what am i doing someone's yeah. gonna throw these away and whatever 40 years when i die it's like, right. well, and it's like, i'm 50 years old i'm looking at him i'm going okay well you know and, and half of them are still in boxes in my shed because we don't have anywhere to even put them at yeah you know and uh so i asked tino one time I'm like what when i do die what are you gonna do with all these antlers she's like i'm gonna sell them to a dog guy and he's gonna i'm gonna sell him to it for like eight bucks an inch and he's gonna turn them into dog treats right <laughs> right works. Yeah. yeah i always i'm i love to shed hunt too i bring these sheds home I'm like why not Mm-hmm. what am i gonna do with this thing you know it's just gonna sit and collect dust in my barn until yeah someone sells it at a garage sale one day right exactly but, right yeah uh, it's funny what we like to hold on to mm-hmm. you know my bear that i uh, killed that big bear that uh pny bear in 2005 or whatever i had that life-size mount in my house well when we moved down here i donated it to the bear's den in grayling incredible pizza place up there it's all fred bear memorabilia you ever go through grayling michigan stop at the bears den well I, my bear is is there and it's on display and uh but it was you know and everybody was like you know tina everybody how can you let them take it where, where am i gonna put it i mean where i'm at yeah. right now this is i got a two-bedroom house and this one is like my office my storage my hunting stuff it's like i'm stuck in a yeah. closet here you know right. <laughs> right i don't have anywhere to put this stuff oh that's funny well, we've been on here over an hour, Jason. So uh, I appreciate you hopping on tonight and talking to all of us. No problem yeah. whatsoever. Anytime. Fun. So, um, all right, everybody. Thanks for hopping on. Make sure you go down in the description and go check out Jason's stuff. I got the YouTube channel, the podcast, and his Patreon listed below. Thank you. Um, yep. Traditional Bowhunting Wilderness Podcast. Um, you pretty much can find you anywhere if you type that in, right? Yeah. Yep. You Google that, it brings it all up. Yep. Lots of tons of good information, especially if you're into, well, you got the Samco workshop. I didn't put that down there. I ought to put that down there. Yeah. That's um, mostly cars, tools, trucks or trucks and tools and you know, that kind of stuff. So, yep. Um, so go check that out. All kinds of good information on there. You've, you've probably seen a video Jason has done. He's got so much information in, on different types of um, tips and tricks for hunting and camping and everything in between. So, all right, everybody have a great night and we will talk to you next week sometime. See you. Thanks guys for being on. Bye.